This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, joined as always by the man for whom this podcast is named. It's Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today, sir? Tyler, I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, I'm on the road this week. I'm down in South Florida, checking out you know hot weather, and uh, went out earlier. It's like uh, at least 101 percent humidity, maybe 102. But uh, man, it is. I have. I had forgot how hot it got down here since I moved, but uh, good reminder, good reminder. Swimming through the air rather than walking? Just no no doubt. In long pants, my God, I've got a meeting, so I had to look halfway decent. So That is good. unfortunate. The official attire of, uh, of South Florida, I feel like, is either like linen pants or board shorts. There you go. Neither of I which I have on. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Well, uh, joining us here on the podcast today is D Durant. D is yet another Canadian joining us here on the show. Greg, continuing uh, a fantastic trend uh, of bringing our friends from the north onto the show. D, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, D, it's going to be fun to get your perspective on what's going on in the in the electrical apprenticeship world. Um, it is it's so encouraging when we get young folks on with us and. I don't know your age, but looking at you right now, you're not seasoned like I am. So uh, <laughs> glad glad to have you. Um, so tell us uh, a little bit about Dee Durant in general, and then we'll kind of dive in. And I'm going to apologize. I'm in a hotel room, and I have a very poor internet connection. So if you see Tyler scold me, it's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> That's all right. I'm currently in a work van on my data, so <laughs> you and me both. Um, well, to begin, I'm 22, in case you're wondering, uh, born in 2000. <laughs> so Incredible. Um, I like to, uh, I like to remind my journeyman of, uh, the year I was born every time he bothers me a little bit. So, <laughs> um, it kind of bothers I, me too. Just out, out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it tends to bother a lot of people that, I, uh, I love that it I, though. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Born in 2000, but out of high school for four years. So, um, yeah. Um, like I said, I've been out of high school for four years and, um, my journey into the trades was not straightforward whatsoever. Um, did a few U-turns and, um, couple inclines, but, um, basically I'm the first person in my family to get into the trades. Um, my entire family is either a first responder or, um, in law enforcement. Um, whether that be a judge or or a nurse or police officer. So everyone expected me to go right into law, right. except for my family. The only people who knew I was not getting into it were my parents and my sister, who are incredible, by the way. Um, so basically, in high school, I was all set up to go um, to the University of Toronto or um, McGill University in Quebec. Um, for the study of meteorology, which is the weather. Um, and, and I was on a roll and, and everything. I'm a very academic person. Um, and when I uh, decided to leave high school, like after grade 12, um, because you can do a victory lap, um, I, I was talking with my parents and 
um, they had suggested that I try something new before I leave high school because in high school it's free to try something new. Um, so I joined a shop class, uh, which the only shop class that my high school provided was a woodworking class. Um, so I was, uh, using tools for the first time ever. Um, I was learning how to read a tape measure, which sounds really silly when you're 16, 17, learning how to do all this. Like you feel like you should know this, but there are some tricks to tape measures and, uh, I, I loved it. And then I realized that I wanted to get into the trades, um, but I didn't really have anyone to look to to get into it. Um, I was just kind of trying things um, and believing the first person who would give me any information. So um, I was very moldable. Um, but luckily, since I loved the weather, I love lightning and lightning is an electric discharge. Therefore I'm in the electrical trade. And wow. That is, there you, you go, know, Tyler. That's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we've heard of divine intervention before on this program. That's it. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That's the entire reason I joined the electrical trade was because I like lightning. Um, and, and that, that goes to show you how little I knew and still know about the trades. Like I'm learning every day. Um, I'm really, really blessed to have incredible people around me who are willing to teach me and answer what I think are silly questions because I should know them, but I was never taught them. So when I'm walking through a house um, or a commercial area or an industrial area and I'm asking, hey, what's that pipe do? It has nothing to do with electrical, but I just have no idea. I'd like to know my surroundings and and luckily, I have um, wonderful people around me who are willing to answer all my questions, even when they're not work related. Well, I think that that is fabulous. And, and not only do you have the blessing of having good people around you, they have the blessing of you being around them because it's up to us who are, you know, more seasoned in the trades to help bring bring you youngsters along you know whether it be electrical or it fiber optics whatever we're doing you know is whatever we know we should give back um so i'm i'm proud that you're such a, a studious young lady you know back to the tape measure uh really really solid point because there are a, uh, and this is a highly technical term I'll use, but a buttload of people out there who have no idea of how to read a tape measure yeah. because they simply, like you, uh, weren't exposed to it, you know, uh, where people like me who grew up with, with a blue collar dad, you know, working in the, in the trade, you know, that was, I think I got that my second year stocking at Christmas, you know, 25 foot. Uh, tape measure but mm -hmm. it's so important and, and i'm so glad to see the trades coming back into schools uh so that we do get the the young people exposed to it so and then number two tyler we are in good shape because of all her connections in law enforcement if we ever misbehave in canada i know i've got her number now so i know <laughs> who i'm calling yeah no, yep. judge i mean come on a judge a paramedic i mean we're we're good we're good. To yeah, go. we're going to be we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, no doubt. So. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. My neighbor, my neighbors across the street, he's a surgeon 
and then next to him they're chocolatiers uh and then uh directly across from me that house is owned by Frere Rocher so I've oh, got the chocolate I've got the surgeries I've got the police we're good my street is like the street to be on I'm, I'm thinking road trip I don't know yeah I'm just saying I'm just saying <laughs> well um Wow, that that's a heck. You know, I'm just thinking about the electrical and the the lightning uh, being the tie, and I'm sitting here thinking, I wonder what my connection was to mechanical, um, other than I guess I like cold air, so that worked. Uh, all right, so you are working for an independent private uh, electrical company, and yes. you guys do new installation and service work both. Yeah, we do new installation, we do uh, residential um, services, we do commercial services, agricultural, rural, we do everything. Um, but mostly it's residential. My journeyman and I are like the A-team for residential, so it's uh, it's good. I'm learning a lot. And, and I've also have some industrial experience um, working at uh, Bruce Power, so the nuclear plant in Tiverton, Ontario. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that that's a whole lot different than working in a house. So um, yes, <laughs> good good exposure though. You know, this is what apprenticeship is about. You're you're yeah. exposed to the different aspects of of your trade, and uh, by happenstance of being on job sites and what have you, you're learning. You know the the other points of you know you said you know what does that pipe do? What can be a waste pipe, water pipe, you, you know whatever. Uh, that's how we learn um, yeah. by, by looking and asking. So, well, where, how far along are you in your, uh, into your apprenticeship and, and where are you? So I took a really unique route um, into the trades. So because I'm a very academic person and I've had no hands-on experience, I wasn't comfortable throwing myself right into an apprenticeship. Um, I wanted to know what I was dealing with, especially with electricity. So I went to college, which in the States would be community college. Um, and I took a program there. Um, and it was called Electrical Engineering Technician Industrial Co-op. So it's a mouthful. But basically, it's the first two. Well, it's basically the trade schooling mm -hmm. for apprentices, except we go into a really like deep depth. Um, so we, we not only learn, uh, what, but how and why. So, um, because of that, that was a two and a half year, uh, program. I'm exempt from the first two levels of schooling for me, two of three. Um, and I'm also credited my co-op hours and an additional thousand hours, uh, for completing this program. So I've been assigned apprentice for about four months now, but I'm going to be a level three apprentice in October. Gotcha. That makes total sense. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm so proud when people learn electrical theory um, mm -hmm. because there are so many, and, and, and uh, I may piss some people off with this comment, but that's nothing new. Um, there's a big difference between an electrician and a wire puller. And, um, you know, when you start talking about electrical theory, you start talking about circuits and, and why this works and how this works. You know, 
people like you with the, with the knowledge and understanding of circuits and, and theory and, you know, electrons in general, how they work and, and why they work. And uh, it, it's such a huge thing for the industry, you know, on, on our side of the house, on the electric, on the mechanical side, you know, we have a plethora of people who have been doing this trade a long time. And you put a wiring diagram in front of them and they go, yeah, I've got this. And you say, okay, well, work me through. How does that switch make? And yep. a lot of them, you know, they, they're like, well, I've got 25 years experience. I know how that works. Well, walk me through it, you know. And I just, I love the fact that you're doing the deep dive or did the deep dive on the theory uh, because that will only make you a better uh, everything technician, yeah. you know, whatever you're doing. So proud for you on that. Thank you. So, wow, that that's really cool. I didn't realize you got that many hours for your, your uh, theory work. That's good. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the, the rotation. Are you with one journeyman all the time or do you rotate with different, uh, different folks? Um, currently for the most part, I'm with one journeyman, um, but I can rotate and I'm very expendable throughout the company. So whoever needs me, uh, the most that day would get me. Um, and let's not use expendable. Let's use, uh, (laughs) utilitarian. Yes. Okay. That's that's a better word. Um, uh, yeah. Versatile. That's a good word. Yeah. 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 So so whoever needs me the most is who, um, uh, I go with for that day. So, um, if somebody is working in agricultural, just wiring a bunch of barns, um, then I will go with, uh, that journey person and, and I'll help, uh, him roll. Um, sorry, I will help him pull wire, um, and I'll help him, um, wire up some, uh, plugs, switches, lights, just anything. Um, or I will be going on service calls. So I'll be doing a lot of troubleshooting, um, or we'll be doing panel changes. So it's just kind of like workload based, but for the most part, I'm with one journeyman. And that's the fellow driving now. That is the, yes, the very respectable or respectful gentleman who is trying to stay out of my way right now. <laughs> well, t- what kind of, uh, you, you mentioned agricultural twice. What What is the agricultural draw to that? I, I didn't know that that was a thing for you up there. What What is that about? Yeah, it so it's, it's a very rural. Yeah, so um, I mentioned uh, barns. So mm-hmm. right now in our company, we've we have this huge project going on. Um, and we have a one journeyman who is, um, kind of leading this, but he's wired. Um, I think he's on his ninth Turkey barn. So he, he's gone. This one property has, is making all of these barns and they're massive barns and, um, he's wired every single one of them. So all of the electronics, all of the, um, MCCs, all of the, um, everything, basically everything to the lights, to the fans, to automatic um, feeders, the whole yeah, year. Automatic yeah. everything. So my grandparents had uh, big chicken houses and, and these things were, uh, about a hundred yards long and probably 60 feet wide. 
and each chicken house held 12,500 birds. And uh, I mean, and this is going back a long time, but they were fairly automated, you know, had the, the drive, with, which uh, a big chain drive that drugged the feed around the entire house. And it's pretty, pretty sophisticated for back in the day. But most people freak out when you say 12,500 chickens at one time. And then, you know, you double that because they had two of them. Um, pretty wild. All right. So kick-ass careers. Are are you still part of that with Jamie? I, yes. Sorry. Okay. So why are you giggling? You're an ambassador. Yes, I'm. I'm giggling because I accidentally just threw a bunch of pamphlets at my journeyman. Okay. Well, I don't blame you. You probably, um, you probably earned that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm an ambassador with Kickass Careers, and yeah. we do so many amazing things. Um. But we mostly focus on um, ending or correcting the stereotypes and stigmas um, with the trades and getting more people interested in the trades. And that hits really close home to me because I went to an academic school. I um, the trades were never really an option for me. I never knew that they existed until I was in grade 12. Um, So. And, and even getting into a trades class in my high school was a challenge. Yeah. And my, if my parents never supported me, I would not be where I am today. And, um, and luckily Jamie McMillan, who is the CEO and founder of kick-ass careers, um, just so happened to, um, be doing something with my high school. And, And I met her in my construction class. And, and we hit it off right there and just being able to see her, a female in the trades, I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. Um, and she was so supportive. And every time I had an issue, um, with something in, in the class or within the trades, I would just call her and she would just put me right at ease. And I knew I wasn't alone. Um, and, and that's kind of what we do for other people. So Jamie talks to thousands of kids in, um, in North America. She, she toured before COVID she went everywhere. She drove everywhere. Now it's more virtual, but she's still starting to get back out. Um, and, and we're just trying to tell elementary school kids right now, like, Hey, you can get into the trades just because there's a stereotype that we're all dumb or or whatever that's not true like i am an honor roll student i graduated my uh college program with high distinction that means i had to keep uh over nine uh 90 and above average for two and a half years in every single course i had to keep i had to keep uh without failing i had to keep a 90 average so i'm not dumb but i'm in the electrical trade and my journeyman, who's a master electrician, he had seven years of schooling. He's not dumb, but like it, it's it's just telling people and and trying to change the mindset of of people who who uh, think that these stereotypes and stigmas are the truth because they're far from it. Yeah, no doubt, Dee, and and we spend a lot of time doing that as well. But you bring up something that I've never thought about. 
most of the stereotyping and the and the stigma that goes on that I'm aware of uh, up until about 24 seconds ago is people under under understanding um, the trades, meaning people that go into the trades aren't smart or barely got by or didn't do well in school or, or, used dropped, it, out. or dropped out, yeah. used it as a crutch of a career. Yes. But what you've just done for me, so I, I know I'm, I'm, I look probably dumber than normal <laughs> right now, but um, I think what you just did for me was made me realize that high achievers in educational, uh, in the educational sense, high achievers like you, um, can be tradespeople too. As a, so, there's both sides of the spectrum. You know, there's the people that that did in fact drop out that have done very very well in the trades, yep. and there are people like you with multi college degrees and and or college degrees in general that do really well in the trades. But I've never thought about the higher educated people. So that, I think that's a great lesson for me. Um, Tyler, have I don't think we've ever discussed that side of this, have we? As far as uh, being on the on the higher educated end of the spectrum, not that I remember anyway. Did we lose Tyler? Okay. Not here. Okay. Well, you um, you had a, a very busy look on your face, like you were looking at gauges and stuff at a nuclear <laughs> house. So. But that, no. that's really cool, D. Um, I don't know. I just never thought of it that way. But I was actually in high school. I was told I was too smart to go into the trades. See, there you go. That's a perfect example of the bias that we have to battle. And, you know, God, I I wish I could have so many one on one conversations with guidance counselors in school and figure out how to help people get over this stigma and and how you know so and and i don't want to go into a big debate about pay and what people make but the money that you and that gentleman in your van earn is significantly more than a high school guidance counselor can earn at said educational level but yet we're the ones that are looked at weirdly, I won't say looked down upon, but looked at in a different light than, you know, somebody with a computer programming degree, so to speak, or, or whatever degree. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do at Kick-Ass Careers, which is why I absolutely love the organization. And just so you'll know, we love Jamie. She, we've been with Jamie for, I don't know how many years now, but she's been on here, um, talking about it, you know, we we try to promote her. I heard her do a really uh, great speech last week, and I think it was for Scotiabank uh, that she did. Um, it was virtual, but she spoke for an hour on this topic of how do we change the stigma? How do we get people to think differently? How do we introduce, and, and I mean, she's got the coloring book, the whole deal, you know, we're, we're uh, and I say we, uh, I'm, I'm with her. We're reaching very deeply, trying to get to as young a crowd as we can, because 
There you go. Kick-ass career stickers. I um, carry around a pack full of kick-ass career stickers everywhere I go. I think I've got one on this book. No, I don't on this book. But um, So I want to back up one more piece because you, you said something that startles me. Um, and I know you're not alone with this, but you didn't know the trades existed until you were in the, and we say 12th grade, you guys say grade 12. So I can always tell where you're from. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so you go, you, you're, you're 17, 18 years old at that point, 16, yeah. maybe since you're so smart, but you know, you're sitting in a classroom with air conditioning, with water, with power, ceiling tile, floor, desk, all the things that are made by craftspeople like us, but it never dawned on you because nobody ever enlightened you that some young lady may have pulled the, you know, cable for the lights to work. Somebody had to run the water to the restroom where you could flush the toilet. You know, all these services that we as humans have become accustomed to having and that we take for granted, somebody did that work. You know, somebody has to do that work. Somebody will always have to do that work. But for whatever reason, we as a society let people get to be 18 years old before they realize that, oh, crap, somebody had to wire that switch. I find that people tend to not notice or not think about us until what we do stops working. So don't notice an electrician or you don't think about electricians until your power stops working. Or um, plumbers, when, when you need a plumber, that's the only time you ever really think about one. Like how many times you change the paint in your room, how many times you change the furniture around Versus how many times have you had an electrician to come in and just do a once over? Like, like there are so like, that's a great, great points. We walk into houses where the fixtures. So the receptacles, the switches are older than me are older than my journeyman. They're, they're so old. And if it still works, they won't fix it or they won't replace it. And, and, that can be a safety hazard of after so long. GFIs, for example, I'm, again, I didn't really think about any of this until I started working in the electrical trade, which is a problem in itself. But um, I have two GFI receptacles at home that until last week, I never even thought to test them and neither of them work. So if I'm not even thinking about it, then how can I expect other people to think about it, which is why I am trying to get on and, and spread the word to think about, think about the trades. Well, that, that's really interesting to me, Dee. And, and while we were taking a momentary moment there, while you were rearranging your phone, uh, Tyler and I are just continuing the conversation about the higher educated folks uh, being excluded, whether intentionally or not. It's just a really interesting point that I got to We'll have to dig on that a little bit more. All right. So next steps for you, you get your, and I believe you guys call it the red seal. Yes. Is that right? Yes. It says you get to go to work anywhere in uh, Canada Yes. Uh, as a journey person. 
So what would be like when you get your seal, um, what would you like to do? You want, you want to be sitting over there where Mike is looking over at a young, young lady apprentice and, <laughs> and coaching or what, where do you see yourself headed? You know, I know you're young, but I also suspect you have some good ideas. It's honestly, it's hard to think about when all I really want to do is get through my apprenticeship. But at this point, I, I honestly can truly tell you, I have no idea. Um, I like to see myself in many different places because I find every time I make a plan, the plan goes to nowhere and I have to improvise the entire time. So um, I would love to. Well, oddly enough, the older you get, the more you'll realize that yes. too, by the way. Um, so I, I can definitely see myself um, being a residential um, specific um journeyman or i can see myself in a doing industrial or commercial i can see myself anywhere because to be completely honest i probably have no idea that what i will be doing in five years even exists right now right i suspect that um we're all going to be doing things that we don't know about yet whether it be you know how you are making devices communicate in the house or in the on the job site um wireless electricity is a thing um that i've seen work uh at high voltage not just low voltage you know bluetooth type signal um that's coming and and if you study lightning you know that uh, mr tesla had his hand in the wireless electricity for years so that's going to be interesting to watch that develop um Hydro is going to continue to develop and get more efficient. So the electrical world, I, I'm fascinated by it because I think I'm I'm a pretty good electrician for a mechanical guy. Um, you know, I always like to teach from when when I'm instructing the drop of water that's on the north side of the dam. Explain how that droplet of water in a hydro plant winds up coming out as energy out of the electrical outlet in the house. So if you can walk me through that whole process of that water droplet, then I feel like we all understand electricity as we should. Um, so that's just how deep I like to dig on a subject and in, in, in particular electricity, because I find it fascinating. Um, small nuclear reactors, modular nuclear reactors, you know, the size of that van you're in are probably coming to a neighborhood near you. Yep. Um, in, in microgrid fashion. So there's a tremendous amount of stuff to, uh, to learn and to watch uh, that you'll get to see over the next, you know, 50 years. I won't be here to see that probably, <laughs> but uh, I hope you guys have a ball doing that. So, all right, on to... Can I, can I, can I ask a question about that, Greg? About Absolutely. the future and that sort of thing. So... So, D, you, you talked a second ago uh, about being an ambassador with Kick-Ass Careers and, and some of the things that you're doing there. Um, and if you're talking to kids that are at a younger age, the chances are that you're not really going to see the fruits of that really pay off for another like 10 to 15 years or so, um, which you being 22, 10 to 15 years, is like a significant portion of your life, right? Like almost like double the age that you are now, you'll start to see the payoff of, of a lot of these efforts and some of the things that you're working on. I, I don't know, like, uh, 
I wonder how you feel about that, like the long-term nature of going and talking to younger kids and knowing that maybe in 10 years you'll see a difference, but we kind of live in an immediate gratification kind of culture where you want to see the payoff immediately and see it now. How do you feel about, you know, seeing the effects of what you're doing now paying off in 10, 15 years? Patience is a virtue, one that I normally do not have. Um, Same. But it, you know, it is really hard to think and, and to know that you're doing the right thing or that you're not wasting your breath or what you're saying is going, going on deaf ears. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that if you are able to maintain the interest of a, of, um, a young adult or, or an elementary school child for more than five minutes, then you, you have to be doing something right. So, mm-hmm. um, That's right. just by planting that seed in their, in their head, because at, at a young age, you're so moldable. Your teachers have so much, um, say in how you think that, that it, it's crazy to think about. Um, yeah. so if we can just put in a little seed, um, that, Hey, you can do this, you can go and have a fun outside all day or you can you can be inside in air conditioning or in heat up here in Canada it can get kind of cold um and and you can do so much um like uh Jamie for example says this one story all the time which is absolutely incredible um, but she, as an iron worker, was helping a hydro company paint their um, hydro towers. And she, the way she says it when she's talking with, with school kids is by saying, who here likes the finger paint? Who here likes money? Well, I got paid to finger paint like, or to climb monkey bars. Like, it's just, if you're able to, to say and, and get through the, to them in a, in a language that they will understand then just to see their face light up a little bit is is enough it really is yeah yeah that that's a that's a good point and i suppose more and more people these days are i, I guess in in younger generations more people are interested in not just having a job that you clock in and clock out and um kind of black out in between i suppose uh where it's just kind of mindless but more and more people want to know like what difference am i making with my career what exactly am i doing here and what is my purpose with this job and role and i think with the trades i i don't work in the trades but i think with the trades there's such an easy line to draw between what you do and the impact that it has on people's lives and i think more and more as as long as you can expose people to that early in life you're going to find that 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 message really resonates, I think. Yeah, and, and electrical um, specifically has has so much to do with everybody's everyday life. Like, can you honestly, well, I know you guys can't right now, but nobody really can listen to this podcast and say, oh, I'm not using any electricity right now because you're using a phone, you're using a computer, you're using... Um, or you're sitting in a room and there's lights or there's air conditioning, which is multiple trades. Um, but you, you can't honest, unless you're in the middle of nowhere and you have no technology on you whatsoever, then 
you really can't look anywhere without seeing the electrical trade or at least one trade. And, right. and when we go into rural areas, their sump pump, their water, all of that depends on electricity. So when their power is out, like they have no water, they have no internet, they have no lighting, they have no cooling, they have no heating. Their entire world stops right when their power is out, basically. And you know what, Dee, that's probably a really good uh, bifurcation and how people understand trades, because if you are rural and where you live, you're exposed to that. Yep. You know what it's like to be out of power. Therefore, you have nothing as opposed to being more uh, urban where you don't lose power as often or you don't lose water or whatever. Because um, I'm, I'm continuously trying to figure out how to communicate the message to young people or people who are changing careers or military, whatever, how this stuff all fits into life. Because, you know, I'm sitting at a hotel right now. I can't open the window if the air conditioner quits. It's just going to be hot, you know. <laughs> or if I lose power, I don't charge my phone or my computer or talk on this nice microphone that was gifted to me by a very dear friend of mine, Tyler. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're exposed because we know. But there's a lot of people like you in, in your 12th grade year that weren't exposed. So I think that that's part of the battle is the is the exposure. And that starts at home. You know, it starts with uh, parents listening to podcasts and, and saying to their children like yours did, there's may, maybe there's something else out there for you. Um, you know, I don't want you to wind up in four years with $200,000 worth of debt and a degree that many other people have and may not be in that high of demand or whatever the situation. So I, I just I, I applaud the early exposure that, that Kick-Ass is doing and that you uh, as ambassadors are doing, because I think it's super important that, that we get that message out early. So thank you for doing that. No problem. And I mean, if you really want to try and live without electricity, go and turn your entire house off and see how long you can last. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I was actually, good point. Um, I was in a hotel back in May and we had a big storm, which uh, in the middle of Ottawa, um, which is our capital, um, and, and it knocked out all of the power. Hotels usually have a backup generator. Our backup generator right. didn't work. So we were out of power for two days and then I left. Um, but to walk around and to see the emergency lighting and knowing from my schooling, knowing this is going to get bad because emergency lighting is not meant to last more than 90 minutes, usually. Right. And it was a seven story hotel room or sorry, not a hotel. Wow. That would be crazy. Seven story hotel. That'd be a, that'd be a pimp suite. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that um, would be. And um, yeah. And, and the hotel staff, all they had were glow sticks. So try mm. walking down seven stories, like seven flights of stairs in the pitch black with nothing but glow sticks. And and you really see how unprepared people are to live without electricity. They didn't yeah. have flashlights. They didn't have any battery powered anything. 
and it it was dangerous. Like it it was scary. Well, you just reminded me back when uh, several years ago we had the the blackout in the Northeast in yeah. the states. Um, I found it ironic that the number one reason for such a chronic event was dead batteries on generators because people had no routine uh, for exercising their gear. So they didn't know they had a dead battery. So, um, you know, everything goes back to the electron one way or the other. That's how I look at life. (laughs) Well, I really, we're, we're kind of coming up on our hours. I want to start the the slow coast down to uh, where we're going to wind up, but I'm, I'm, Super pleased that you took time, took your lunch hour. Apparently, Mike had his, but you didn't. So uh, we're thrilled that you joined us and, and we're able to talk a little bit more about the trades and about the relationships that, you know, um, tend to come out of apprenticeship. Because, you know, when I had my apprenticeship period, I had some great journeymen, had a couple of duds, but they quit, they, you know, they kind of washed out. But you know, it's the people that make the trades what they are because there's so much tribal knowledge that has to be passed as well as the theory. You know, this is where you uh, as an apprentice, not you specifically, but we as apprentices, we, we learn the craft and we learn the interaction with a customer. We know we learn the soft skills or hopefully we do. Of putting customers at ease if there's a problem, all that stuff that goes with the human side of it, um, as well as the theory. So, I, it, it, I mean, Tyler, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like she has a good head on her shoulders of understanding how to um, interact. A, but you know, I, because it, what what most people want when they call for help is a level of comfort that things are going to be okay, whether it's a crisis or whether it's the three-way switch and, and, you know, Aunt Betty's dining room, it doesn't work. (laughs) I just want to know that you know what the crap you're doing. You're not tracking up their carpet and that you're taking care of the deal. And if you can relay that and do the work, then most people I find are super you know, happy with the exchange. They want you to come back because now you've gained the trust. They know you know what you're doing. Uh, you didn't kick the dog on the way out. You know, all those little things that go with it um, on the human side. So it, you're off to a great start, young lady. Thank you. And that's actually a really good point, if I can quickly add. The trade is not just like a hammer and a nail and how hard you can hit something. It There is a lot of customer service to do with it. Absolutely. And, and like you said, when I walk into a house and, and the homeowner is like, like so upset because they are missing their meeting because their power's off or this, that, and the other thing, like little things add up to a lot. We had one um, customer recently who is in the middle of selling her house and her bathroom fan would not turn off and she was she was thinking I'm I'm assuming she was thinking that this could sewer her entire house sale um and we walked in and we told her like you know what it's okay we already know what the problem is and we walked in and all we had to do is flick a switch because of a building code in Ontario which made sense at the time but we have the 
luxury of knowing the future, <laughs> which now it doesn't make sense. But, um, and, and she felt so stupid. She was apologizing so much, like so embarrassed. And we were like, it's okay. We went to school. We know this, which is why we make it look really easy. But just being able to comfort her and say, look, you're not, you're not being silly. It's a real thing. It's okay. You're not the only one. And don't worry about it. Now you know for next time. All right. So because I'm not a Canadian, what is that secret switch? Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to hand this one off to my journeyman because he can explain it a lot better. <laughs> All right, Mike, you're up. Hey there. So um, there was a period of time where a ventilation switch was required to be installed uh, at the thermostat on the main floor, which would uh, override the bathroom fan uh, at the uppermost part of the house and it would turn it on. So it was basically just to expel any stale air during the summer. Um, and so you can turn the bathroom fan switch in the upstairs bathroom on and off. But if the ventilation switch is on in the main floor, then the upstairs bathroom switch does nothing. Um, you, you, can, you can physically remove the switch and disconnect the wires and the fan is still running. And that boggles so many minds until you explain, well, you know, this was what they thought was a good idea at the time, um, but most people don't ever use it. The switch usually doesn't have a, a sticker or a label on it, so they don't know what it's for. And uh, like Dee said, this house was being sold, um, so she had just had an open house. So the first thing the real estate agent does is go through the house and the turns all the light switches on. And so that's what yep. they did. And so this, this fan had been running for the last couple of days since the open house. And she was just coming in to make sure it was all good. And this fan would not turn off. <laughs> well, there you go. So words of wisdom from Mike, the magic electrician. So thank the you. master. <laughs> master. That's what I meant. Yeah. What I say, magic. So, all right. Well, the magic uh, master, you know, so right. You know, in medicine, they call it bedside manner. Um, it's the same thing for us. It's customer comfort. It's customer, you know, I don't know what word you want to put on it, but, you know, and I say this a lot to, to anybody that'll listen to me. We're all consumers, you know, we know what feels good to us. So if we're doing, you know, to others, how we would want to be communicated to treated fairly, then we're going to have a good experience with that homeowner, that business owner, whatever, because we're being forthright, truthful, and transparent. So all good stuff there. But I did not know about that switch. But I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at the circuit in my head. I see how they wired it. But um, that's that's good to know. So Tyler, next time we go to Canada, stay away from the thermostat. <laughs> There's a switch beside it. Don't hit it. I won't. I won't touch anything. Um, if we do, yeah. we're calling D because she knows she's got people. Yeah, I got an yeah. entire company. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and also, if we get in trouble with the Mounties, we're calling D as well. That's so. what I'm saying, man. She's got people. She is yeah. square. So, well, D, uh, again, really do appreciate it. You're you're uh, a joy to talk to, and and I love seeing you bring the youth and the energy uh, to the trades. Keep it up. I want to stay in touch and watch your uh, your your career progress. Um, you'll be carting Mike around in a wheelchair before you know it. Um, so I'll make it electrical. Take, don't worry. <laughs> take care of him, would you? Yeah. 
And Mike, thanks for the knowledge drop on the switch. We appreciate that. Uh, our listeners are always hungry for information. <laughs> Definitely. Rabid, rabid for knowledge. Absolutely. Well, if you're yeah. interested, I'm going to plug myself for a second. But if you Please go on do. my Instagram, which is dee.d15, um, you will see videos of Mike explaining uh, things to me. So I, he is such a good teacher and such a good explainer that I, I just can't be selfish enough that I want to share all of the information I get from him. So I started taking videos of him explaining how things work to me and I'm posting them on my Instagram page. All right. Tell us the address again. It's D-E-E dot D one five. So what is D short for? Uh, my full name is actually Deanne, but most people get it wrong. Okay. So I just go with D. I like it. I like yeah. it. Makes sense. Well, Tyler, there you go. We got a, a, a influencer on who's probably not paying Mike. No. Although she should cut him a little I'll song. give him a solid high five later. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. He'll I be able it. to buy a beer without, I'm sure. Yeah, we- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the, uh, I'm going to let you guys get back to your electrical work. Uh, Tyler, we're we're you know again a, another great Canadian, another great human. Uh, off we go, I guess for for in search of in search of excellence. Yep, yep, a- another fantastic episode. So, Dee, thank you again so much for your time and for for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Absolutely, and Greg, we'll be back soon with more episodes uh, to get previous episodes of the show in addition to this one you can head to gregcrumpton.com or marketscale.com or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify wherever you get your podcasts you can find all of the episodes of the show uh, and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest one but for this one for D Durant Greg Crumpton and myself Tyler Kern we'll talk to you again soon